Hello folks and welcome back to Bible in a Year. Today is day 324. We're starting off with 1 Maccabees chapters 5 through 6. When the Gentiles round about heard that the altar had been built and the sanctuary dedicated as it was before, they became very angry and they determined to destroy the descendants of Jacob who lived among them. So they began to kill and destroy among the people. But Judas made war on the sons of Esau and Idumea at Akrabatin, because they kept on lying in wait for Israel. He dealt them a heavy blow and humbled them and despoiled them. He also remembered the wickedness of the sons of Baan, who were a trap and a snare to the people, and ambushed them on the highways. They were shut up by him in their towers, and he encamped against them, vowed their complete destruction, and burned with fire their towers and all who were in them. Then he crossed over to attack the Ammonites, when he found a strong band, and many people with Timothy as their leader. He engaged in many battles with them, and they were crushed before him. He struck them down. He also took Jazer and its villages. Then he returned to Judea. Now the Gentiles in Gilead gathered together against the Israelites who lived in their territory, and planned to destroy them. But they fled to the stronghold in Dathema, and sent to Judas and his brothers a letter which said, The Gentiles around us have gathered together against us to destroy us. They are preparing to come and capture the stronghold to which we have fled, and Timothy is leading their forces. Now then, come and rescue us from their hands, for many of us have fallen, and all our brethren who were in the land of Tob have been killed. The enemy have captured their wives and children and goods, and have destroyed about a thousand men there. While the leather was still being read, behold, other messengers, with their garments rent, came from Galilee and made a similar report. And they said that against them had gathered together men of Ptolemaeus and Tyre and Sidon and all Galilee of the Gentiles to annihilate us. When Judas and the people heard these messages, a great assembly was called to determine what they should do for their brethren who were in distress and were being attacked by enemies. Then Judas said to Simon his brother, Choose your men and go and rescue your brethren in Galilee. I and Jonathan my brother will go to Gilead. But he left Joseph, the son of Zechariah, and Azariah, the leader of the people, with the rest of the forces, in Judea to guard it. And he gave them this command, Take charge of this people, but do not engage in battle with the Gentiles until we return. Then three thousand men were assigned to Simon to go to Galilee, and eight thousand to Judas for Gilead. So Simon went to Galilee and fought many battles against the Gentiles, and the Gentiles were crushed before him. He pursued them to the gate of Ptolemais, and as many as three thousand of the Gentiles fell, and he despoiled them. Then he took the Jews of Galilee and Arbada, and their wives and children, and all they possessed, and led them to Judea with great rejoicing. Judas Maccabeus and Jonathan his brother crossed the Jordan, and went three days' journey into the wilderness. They encountered the Nabataeans, who met them peaceably, and told them all that had happened to their brethren in Gilead. Many of them have been shut up in Basra and Bosor, in Alima and Chaspo, Maked and Karnaim. All these cities were strong and large, and some have been shut up in the other cities of Gilead. The enemy are getting ready to attack the strongholds tomorrow, and take and destroy all these men in one day. Then Judas and his army quickly turned back by the wilderness road to Basra, and he took the city and killed every male by the edge of the sword. Then he seized all its spoils and burned it with fire. He departed from there at night, and they went all the way to the stronghold of Dathema. At dawn they looked up, and behold, a large company that could not be counted, carrying ladders and engines of war to capture the stronghold, and attacking the Jews within. 
So Judah saw that the battle had begun, and that the cry of the city went up to heaven with trumpets and loud shouts. And he said to the men of his forces, Fight today for your brethren. Then he came up behind them in three companies, who sounded their trumpets and cried aloud in prayer. And when the army of Timothy realized that it was Maccabeus, they fled before him, and he dealt them a heavy blow. As many as eight thousand of them fell that day. Next he turned aside to Alama, and fought against it, and took it, and he killed every male in it, plundered and burned it with fire. From there he marched on, and took Caspo, Machid, and Bosor, and the other cities of Gilead. After these things Timothy gathered another army, and encamped opposite Raphon, on the other side of the stream. Judah sent men to spy out the camp, and they reported to him, All the Gentiles around us have gathered to him. It is a very large force. They also have hired Arabs to help them, and they are encamped across the stream, ready to come and fight against you. And Judas went to meet them. Now as Judas and his army drew near to the stream of water, Timothy said to the officers of his forces, If he crosses over to us first, we will not be able to resist him, for he will surely defeat us. But if he shows fear and camps on the other side of the river, we will cross over to him and defeat him. When Judas approached the stream of water, he stationed the scribes of his people at the stream and gave them this command, Permit no man to encamp, but make them all enter the battle. Then he crossed over against them first, and the whole army followed him. All the Gentiles were defeated before him, and they threw away their arms and fled into the sacred precincts at Karnaim. But he took the city and burned the sacred precincts with fire, together with all who were in them. Thus Karnaim was conquered. He could stand before Judas no longer. Then Judas gathered together all the Israelites in Gilead, the small and the great, with their wives and children and goods, a very large company, to go to the land of Judah. So they came to Ephron. Ephron, this was a large and very strong city on the road. They could not go round it to the right or to the left. They had to go through it. But the men of the city shut them out and blocked up the gates with stones. And Judas sent them this friendly message. Let us pass through your land to get to our land. No one will do you harm. We will simply pass by on foot. But they refused to open to him. Then Judas ordered proclamation to be made to the army, that each should encamp where he was. So the men of the forces encamped, and he fought against the city all that day and all the night, and the city was delivered into his hands. He destroyed every male by the edge of the sword, and razed and plundered the city. Then he passed through the city over the slain, and they crossed the Jordan into the large plain before Bethshan. And Judas kept rallying the laggards and encouraging the people all the way till he came to the land of Judah. So he went up to Mount Zion with gladness and joy and offered burnt offerings, because not one of them had fallen before they returned in safety. Now while Judas and Jonathan were in Gilead, and Simon his brother was in Galilee before Ptolemais, Joseph the son of Zechariah and Azariah the commanders of the forces, heard of their brave deeds and of the heroic war they had fought. So they said, let us also make a name for ourselves. Let us go and make war on the Gentiles around us. And they issued orders to the men of the forces that were with them, and they marched against Jamnia. And Georgias and his men came out of the city to meet them in battle. Then Joseph and Azariah were routed and were pursued to the borders of Judea. As many as two thousand of the people of Israel fell that day. Thus the people suffered a great rout, because, thinking to do a brave deed, they did not listen to Judas and his brothers." But they did not belong to the family of those men through whom deliverance was given to Israel. The man Judas and his brothers were greatly honored in all Israel and among all the Gentiles, wherever their name was heard. Men gathered to them and praised them. 
Then Judas and his brothers went forth, and fought the sons of Esau in the land of the south. He struck Hebron and its villages, and tore down its strongholds, and burned its towers round about. Then he marched off to go into the land of the Philistines, and passed through Marisa. On that day some priests, who wished to do a brave deed, fell in battle, for they went out to battle unwisely. But Judas turned aside to Azotus in the land of the Philistines. He tore down their altars, and the graven images of their gods he burned with fire. He plundered the cities and returned to the land of Judah. King Antiochus was going through the upper provinces when he heard that Elamaze in Persia was a city famed for its wealth in silver and gold. Its temple was very rich, containing golden shields, breastplates, and weapons there left by Alexander, the son of Philip, the Macedonian king who first reigned over the Greeks. So he came and tried to take the city and plunder it, but he could not, because his plan became known to the men of the city, and they withstood him in battle. So he fled, and in great grief departed from there to return to Babylon. Then someone came to him in Persia, and reported that the armies which had gone into the land of Judah had been routed. So that Lysias had gone first with a strong force, but had turned and fled before the Jews, that the Jews had grown strong from the arms, supplies, and abundant spoils which they had taken from the armies they had cut down, that they had torn down the abomination which he had erected upon the altar in Jerusalem, and that they had surrounded the sanctuary with high walls as before, and also Bethzur, his city. When the king heard this news, he was astounded and badly shaken. He took to his bed and became sick from grief, because things had not turned out for him as he had planned. He lay there for many days, because great, gr because deep grief continually gripped him, and he concluded that he was dying. So he mm -hmm. called all his friends and said to them, Sleep departs from my eyes, and I am downhearted with worried. I said to myself, To what distress I have come, and into what great flood I am now plunged, for I was kind and beloved in my power. But now I remember the evils I did in Jerusalem. I seized all her vessels of silver and gold, and I sent to destroy the inhabitants of Judah without good reason. I know that it is because of this that these evils have come upon me, and behold, I am perishing of deep grief in a strange land. Then he called for Philip, one of his friends, and made him ruler over all his kingdom. He gave him the crown and his robe and the signet, that he might give Antiochus his son and bring him up to be king. Thus Antiochus the king died there in the one hundred and forty-ninth year. And when Lysias learned that the king was dead, he set up Antiochus, the king's son, to reign. Lysias had brought him up as a boy, and he named him Eupator. Now the men in the citadel kept hemming Israel in around the sanctuary. They were trying in every way to harm them and strengthen the Gentiles. So Judas decided to destroy them, and assembled all the people to besiege them. They gathered together and besieged the citadel in the one hundred and fiftieth year, and he built siege towers and other engines of war. But some of the garrison escaped from the siege, and some of the ungodly Israelites joined them. They went to the king and said, How long will you fail to do justice and to avenge our brethren? We were happy to serve your father, to live by what he said and to follow his commands. For this reason the sons of our people besieged the citadel and became hostile to us. Moreover, they have put to death as many of us as they have caught, and they have seized our inheritances." And not against us alone have they stretched out their hands, but also against all the lands on their borders. And behold, today they have encamped against the citadel in Jerusalem to take it. They have fortified both the sanctuary and Bethzur. And unless you quickly prevent them, they will do still greater things, and you will not be able to stop them. The king was enraged when he heard this. 
He assembled all his friends, the commanders of his forces and those in authority, and mercenary forces came to him from other kingdoms and from islands of the seas. The number of his forces was a hundred thousand foot soldiers, twenty thousand horsemen, and thirty-two elephants accustomed to war. They came through Idumea and encamped against Bethzur, and for many days they fought and built engines of war. But the Jews sallied out and burned these with fire and fought manfully. Then Judas marched away from the citadel and encamped at Beth Zechariah, opposite the camp of the king. Early in the morning the king rose and took his army by a forced march along the road to Beth Zechariah, and his troops made ready for battle and sounded their trumpets. They showed the elephants the juice of grapes and mulberries to arouse them for battle, and they distributed the beasts among the phalanxes. With each elephant they stationed a thousand men armed with coats of mail and with brass helmets on their heads, and five hundred picked horsemen were assigned to each beast. These took their position beforehand, wherever the beast was. Wherever it went, they went with it, and they never left it. And upon the elephants were wooden towers, strong and covered. They were fastened upon each beast by special harness, and upon each were four armed men who fought from there, and also its Indian driver. The rest of the horsemen were stationed on either side, on the two flanks of the army, to harass the enemy while being themselves protected by the phalanxes. When the sun shone upon the shields of gold and brass, the hills were ablaze with them and gleamed like flaming torches. Now a part of the king's army was spread out on the high hills, and some troops were on the plain, and they advanced steadily and in good order. All who heard the noise made by their multitude, by the marching of the multitude and the clanking of their arms, trembled, for the army was very large and strong. But Judas and his army advanced to the battle, and six hundred men of the king's army fell. And Eliezer, called Avaron, saw that one of the beasts was equipped with royal armor. It was taller than all the others, and he supposed that the king was upon it. So he gave his life to save his people and to win for himself an everlasting name. He courageously ran into the midst of the phalanx to reach it. He killed men right and left, and they parted before him on both sides. He got under the elephant, stabbed it from beneath, and killed it. But it fell to the ground upon him, and he died. And when the Jews saw the royal might and the fierce attack of the forces, they turned away in flight. The soldiers of the king's army went up to Jerusalem against them, and the king encamped in Judea and at Mount Zion. He made peace with the men of Bethsor, and they evacuated the city, because they had no provisions there to withstand a siege, since it was a sabbatical year for the land. So the king took Bethsor and stationed a guard there to hold it. Then he encamped before the sanctuary for many days. He set up siege towers, engines of war to throw fire and stones, machines to shoot arrows and catapults. The Jews also made engines of war to match theirs and fought for many days, but they had no food and storage because it was the seventh year. Those who found safety in Judea from the Gentiles had consumed the last of the stores. Few men were left in the sanctuary because famine had prevailed over the rest, and they had been scattered, each to his own place. Then Lysias heard that Philip, whom King Antiochus, while still living, had appointed to bring up Antiochus his son to be king, had returned from Persia and Media with the forces that had gone with the king, and he was trying to seize control of the government. So he quickly gave orders to depart, and said to the king, to the commanders of the forces, and to the men, We daily grow weaker, our food supply is scant, the place against which we are fighting is strong, and the affairs of the kingdom press urgently upon us. Now then, let us come to terms with these men, and make peace with them and with all their nation, and agree to let them live by their laws as they did before. For it was on account of their laws which we abolished that they became angry and did all these things. 
The speech pleased the king and the commanders, and he sent to the Jews an offer of peace, and they accepted it. So the king and the commanders gave them their oath. On these conditions the Jews evacuated the stronghold. But when the king entered Mount Zion and saw what a strong fortress the place was, he broke the oath he had sworn and gave orders to tear down the wall all around. Then he departed with haste and returned to Antioch, and he found Philip in control of the city, but he fought against him and took the city by force. Our next reading is Sirach chapter 23. O Lord, Father and ruler of my life, do not abandon me to their counsel, and let me not fall because of them. O that whips were set over my thoughts, and the discipline of wisdom over my mind, that they may not spare me in my errors, and that it may not pass by my sins, in order that my mistakes may not be multiplied, and my sins may not abound. Then I will not fall before my adversaries, and my enemy will not rejoice over me. O Lord, Father and God of my life, do not give me haughty eyes, and remove from me evil desire. Let neither gluttony nor lust overcome me, and do not surrender me to a shameless soul. Listen, my children, to instruction concerning speech. The one who observes it will never be caught. The sinner is overtaken through his lips. The reviler and the arrogant are tripped by them. Do not accustom your mouth to oaths, and do not habitually utter the name of the Holy One. For as a servant who is continually examined under torture will not lack bruises, so also the man who always swears and utters the name will not be cleansed from sin. A man who swears many oaths will be filled with iniquity, and the scourge will not leave his house. If he offends, his sin remains on him, and if he disregards it, he sins doubly. If he has sworn needlessly, he will not be justified, for his house will be filled with calamities. There is an utterance which is comparable to death. May it never be found in the inheritance of Jacob. For all these errors will be far from the godly, and they will not wallow in sins. Do not accustom your mouth to lewd vulgarity, for it involves sinful speech. Remember your father and mother when you sit among great men, lest you be forgetful in their presence, and be deemed a fool on account of your habits. Then you will wish that you had never been born, and you will curse the day of your birth. A man accustomed to use insulting words will never become disciplined all his days. Two sorts of men multiply sins, and a third incurs wrath. The soul heating, heated like a burning fire will not be quenched until it is consumed. A man who can, commits fornication with his near of kin will never cease until the fire burns him up. To a fornicator, all bread tastes sweet. He will never cease until he dies. A man who breaks his marriage vows says to himself, Who sees me? Darkness surrounds me, and the walls hide me, and no one sees me. Why should I fear? The Most High will not take notice of my sins. His fear is confined to the eyes of men, and he does not realize that the eyes of the Lord are ten thousand times brighter than the sun. They look upon all the ways of men, and perceive even the hidden places. Before the universe was created it was known to him, so it was also after it was finished. This man will be punished in the streets of the city, and where he least suspects it he will be seized. So it is with a woman who leaves her husband and provides an heir by a stranger. For first of all, she has disobeyed the law of the Most High. Second, she has committed an offense against her husband. And third, she has committed adultery through harlotry and brought forth children by another man. So she herself will be brought before the assembly and punishment will fall on her children. Her children will not take root and her branches will not bear fruit. She will leave her memory for a curse and her disgrace will not be blotted out. Those who survive her will recognize that nothing is better than the fear of the Lord, and nothing sweeter than to heed the commandments of the Lord. 
Our last reading for today is John chapter 1, verses 19 to 51. And this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed. He did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. They said to him then, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent now now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one whom you do not know, even he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. This took place in Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, for he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend as a dove from heaven, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day again John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John? You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That is everything for today. I hope you're having a wonderful day, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye for now.